Welcome into episode 35 of the Rattle Podcast. As always, my name is Jesse Friedman, along with Jeff, my co-host. And Jeff, I don't think we've ever done this. We are doing a live broadcast. Uh, we are at the Hillsborough Hop Stadium, uh, which is called uh, Ron Tonkin Field, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. We are all hopped up to be here. Am I yep. saying that right, Jeff? You've got it right. you got to put a hashtag in front of it. Okay, Otherwise, right. you're, you're good. We are hashtag all hopped up to be here. Um, for real, though, big thank you to uh, the Hillsboro Hops. They've been great in uh, having us uh, set up here in the press box. And we may or may not have some visitors later on yeah. <laughs> throughout the show. Uh, we may get interrupted and booted out of the space at some point. So uh, hang with us. But uh, we're here to talk about the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. We've only played uh, three games since we last spoke. It was just the weekend series against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Jeff, uh, they lost two out of three. Nothing horribly significant in that series. I think the, the thing that is captured... Uh, most people's attention has been Dalton Varsho and the fact that uh, he has really turned a corner, it seems, his last seven games. He's batting 417 with a 517 on base, slugging almost a thousand in that span uh, with three home runs. And those three home runs he actually hit in three consecutive games. Um, so obviously huge news. We've kind of been waiting for Varsho to turn a corner at some point, and it seems like he might have done that. Yeah, I think it's really. Um you know, really helpful to the club, obviously, to have his production start to show up. I mean, yeah, you, you nailed it. I mean, we've been waiting kind of for a while to uh, just see like any signs of life. And so um, certainly, certainly positive. Um, you know, we kind of have known that it's been in there. And I think one of the things that I've been, you know, kind of watching and alluded to in our last show was kind of how he's been handling um, fastballs in particular. And so um, kind of digging through some of the data, it looked like he's had sort of an above average propensity to uh, swing and miss at fastballs, but um, maybe not quite as troubling, but also a, a strong propensity to foul fastballs off. And so um, he's been getting kind of a steady diet of heaters. And I mean, major league pitchers just aren't going to like, you know, they're going to keep throwing them to you until you can hit them. So uh, it's nice to see he's made, you know, some pitchers pay. Uh, he's turned around some fastballs and hit them out. So um, that's been really encouraging. I'm just, it's such a small sample right now. I'm, you know, I'm just hoping and, and waiting to see how much of it sticks, but, um, they need this. The Diamondbacks need this and Dalton Barsha needs this. I'm happy for him. Um, I remember seeing him here at the talk actually right after he signed. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it feels like coming home, but, um, yeah, good to see for sure. It was striking when I got here. They've got like big epic portraits of Riley Smith and Kevin Ginkle and, you know, guys that at the major league level, we don't necessarily think that highly of, but you know, in small town minor league baseball, these guys have names around here and, and, you know, people around here are certainly loving seeing them uh, play in the major leagues. Um, Beyond Varsho, another thing that came out of this weekend, uh, Zach Gallen kind of struggled. I know he's kind of coming back from injury Maybe we're not too concerned there, but uh, seven runs over four innings. Um, I think a lot of people, which seems very rare, but a lot of people were actually mad at Tori Lovello for leaving him in too long, uh, which isn't something we've, we've said a whole lot of this year. But uh, the numbers didn't look great. Jeff, are you concerned about Zach Allen? Is this something that will turn? Is this an indicator of an injury? How do we feel about this? I I've always thought that it must be so hard to be a pitcher who's like so in tune with your your throwing program, um, you know, you're a starter, you pitch every fifth day, et cetera. And to like all of a sudden be disrupted and try to pick it back up. I mean, I'm not really that concerned. I think, you know, we know what he can do. Um, this has been a little ugly though. Um, and this isn't the only one he's had a couple other kind of like 
clunky starts this season, um, yeah. you know, intermixed between his injury stints. So um, I'm not I'm not too concerned. I think I'm more interested, and I understand people kind of, you know, want to see him maybe come out of the game sooner in this case. But um, he needs to get his innings count back up. He needs to get his pitch count back up. He needs to, like, um, kind of get himself back on track so that when he heads into this winter, he can kind of resume his normal program. And uh, we see him, like, fully healthy. I think the results are kind of the least important part to me. I'm just more concerned about his health. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair point. Um, it seems like maybe he's trying to be a little too fine yeah. at times. Uh, he really likes to hunt those corners, and when he hits he them, he's unhittable. But when he doesn't hit them, you you just kind of don't swing, and and he'll walk you eventually, and his pitch count will go up. And um, so hopefully Zach Allen uh, kind of turns into more of his normal self here soon enough. I think we all feel pretty good there. Yep. Uh, other news, um, actually, I'll bring it back to the scene right here. Carson Kelly is in the lineup tonight for the Hillsboro Hops. Um, I think there was definitely some some engineering on the part of the team to get him here. Um, you don't always send you know your starting catcher all the way down to single A when they're on a rehab assignment. But Carson Kelly is a Portland native, yep. I believe, mm-hmm. and so he is in the lineup for Hillsboro. I think he's going to play today and then again tomorrow. Um, it's it's crazy how like big news that is yeah. around here. If you yeah. go to the Hillsboro Hops website <laughs> right now, there's a big like Carson Kelly banner on the front. His his big return home, uh, but it should be fun and and certainly you know for the guys on this team currently, it's probably cool to have like a current major leaguer uh, visit, which is something they don't see every day. Yeah, definitely. It's a uh, it's a neat experience for them. I'm sure um, we actually just got done watching him take batting practice, so. Um, he's just kind of spraying the ball over the field. Um, you know, you notice like how easy he makes that look. Um, it's kind of incredible. It's just, you know, he's just going about his normal business and we see some of the younger players that definitely looks like they're trying a little bit more than he is, but, um, yeah, it should be really neat to, to see what he does tonight. I'll be, be kind of watching and, you know, the team's on the road. So, I mean, they could have, I guess, sent him to the complex in Arizona, but, you know, he's here, he's home. And, you know, a bunch of the local like cable stations are already parked out in the parking lot here. So um, <laughs> it's going to be a big deal. It'll probably make the morning news tomorrow. And um, yeah, let's see what he does. I mean, I won't be upset if I see him hit a ball out of here. I feel like we, uh, I feel like we underestimate the fact that guys who are major league players, like who are major league talents, they're really, really, yeah. really good at what they do. And, and like a lot of times there's a temptation to be like, oh, you know, this guy normally comes off the bench. He's like not that good. Like those guys would come down here and yeah. just rake and like everyone would be looking up to them. And you have to keep that perspective that even, you know, even Riley Smith, you know, yeah. even some of the guys yeah. we talked about this year that, you know, you might be looking down on and you think they're horrible. They would come here and be like the superstar of the league sort yeah. of a deal. And it's it's easy to lose sight of that. Yeah, they would just embarrass people. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it could be kind of demoralizing at times. And it's part of, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have, you know, this pretty close to home. Um, you know, this is about 30 to 40 minutes away from me. So it's, I'm pretty fortunate in that regard. But it's a great reminder of, of what that talent looks like. You know, I've seen a lot of guys come through here. Um, I've seen them on their development path. I remember watching Paven Smith at like a postseason home run, um, you know, right here, uh, right, right down this, uh, right down this right field line. Um, and you know, now I watch him hit him in the, you know, hit him in the majors. Um, it's just interesting to watch a player evolve and even the guys that are here with hype. I mean, you can pick up some pretty, um, 
significant flaws in our game that they eventually, you know, most of them iron out, you know, to some, some degree down the line. And, um, it really makes you appreciate what we watch on TV, you know, or what you see at the major league ballpark. It just, um, I, I think it's, uh, I'll always implore people to go check out minor league baseball if they can, cause it's a good reminder of how good major league baseball players are. Well, beyond Carson Kelly, there's some other storylines here at Hillsborough. It seems like from from what you've told me, Jeff, you're certainly a little bit closer to the team than I am. Uh, the offense is maybe a bit of a work in progress. The uh, the position player side, once Corbin Carroll got hurt and is yeah. out for the season, sadly, which is devastating. I would love to see Corbin Carroll play today, uh, but that certainly won't happen. He's out for the year with his shoulder deal. Um, but the real story here this season has been the pitching mm-hmm. and how it seems like day in, day out, we are seeing you know top-notch starting pitchers for this baseball team and some some guys who rank pretty dang high on mm-hmm. some of the prospect lists for the Diamondbacks. Um, unfortunately, we missed out on Walston. I think he pitched on Sunday. Um, uh, Sacconi, I think, pitches on, I think, pitches tomorrow. And today we are getting a guy who you might not have heard of, but he has some pretty dang good numbers yeah. <laughs> this year, Brandon Fad, um, who is, let me pull up his profile here, he's 22 years old, he's made 12 starts this season um, between here and Visalia, and he has a 3.19 ERA, he has 95 strikeouts, only 15 walks, and over 73 innings. Those are pretty darn good numbers, yeah. and this is a name that that some of our listeners might not have even heard. Yeah. Yeah, the pitching has been the story here. Um, this group actually uh, last week uh, went on a little bit of a, a tear. Um, Walston struck out 11. I think the next night, uh, Shaconi struck out 11. The night after that, Dre Jameson struck out 10. Oh, I forgot about um, Jameson. So oh, my gosh. <laughs> starting pitching struck out, you know, north of 30 guys in the, in three consecutive games. So um, it's been really good. And, and the fad strikeout number has been really good, too. So I'm excited to see him. This will be the first time I've seen him uh, seen him throw. He had a, a nice little run there in Visalia as a little bit of an older guy, got bumped up. Um, and hasn't really faced too much resistance since coming up. So um, looking to see a fastball tonight that should sit in the you know low to maybe touch the mid-90s. Um, but the slider, I think, is his meal ticket. So um, And at this kind of level, I mean, if you can throw a, you know, a average or plus slider, um, yeah. you're going to get a lot of guys out. So uh, yeah. that's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, well, I know a lot of people are talking about Jordan Lawler and the possibility yeah. of him signing. That is a big storyline. Uh, I think August 1st is at the deadline. So yeah. we're, we're only a few days out here. People are starting to get a little concerned. We played this game before with Matt McLean not long <laughs> ago. Um, still leaves a, a bad taste in some people's mouths. So we're going to get to that question here on the other side of an ad break. Stick with us here in about 60 seconds. We'll be back to talk about Jordan Lawler. The 2021 Olympic Games in Tokyo are here, and that means thanks to our friends at DraftKings, it is your turn to compete for the gold. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and are offering a free shot at up to $5,000 in total cash prizes. Here's what you do. Download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions about what you think is going to happen during that day's events and then track your results throughout the day. See if you come away with the gold. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code DRYHEAT when you sign up to get your free shot at up to five grand in total cash prizes every day of the gold medal games. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code DRYHEAT. For a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. And welcome back into episode 35 of the Rattle Podcast. Uh, it is time to talk about Jordan Lawler, the Diamondbacks' first-round draft pick just a couple of weeks ago. Um, there's all sorts of excitement surrounding this guy, and I've already seen um, I've already seen articles from The Athletic about like where he's going to rank on the Diamondbacks' prospect list and all this stuff. And yet he actually has to sign with the team. You kind of have to cross that bridge before you can get anywhere else. Uh, Jeff, I know you've done some some number crunching on this front. Uh, how do we feel about Jordan Lawler signing with the Diamondbacks here in the next few days? I, I still feel pretty positive about it. Um, I think, you know, I think the money's there um, for them to to get a deal done. Um, right now it looks like they have, they have two uh, picks outstanding. Um, one pick is a senior sign that should sign for under slot, which I think will free up at least $100,000 for them. And as it stands now, it looks like they could uh, give him about $6.6 million um, without having to tap into any of the overage that they're allowed to, to touch if they wish. But I'm sure the organization would prefer not to. Um, you know, a bonus of $6.6, $6.7 million, you know, that – that's a hefty bonus. That's more than Marcelo Mayer. Um, what did Mayer get? Six point four from Boston. So, okay. I mean, I mean, if it's important to Lawler to be like the guy that signed the biggest deal, <laughs> like they can do that. Like if that's important to him, they can make that happen. So, um, the one sort of you know kind of remaining thing is the team did use a few of their deeper draft picks on some um, other very notable, uh, prep players who were always going to be kind of unlikely to sign. Right. Um, if anything changes there, uh, you know, are they trying to squeeze every penny they can, you know, keep that away from Lawler to maybe get one of those other prep guys signed over the 125 K, uh, maximum. Um, I I don't know. I I don't think, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'd be kind of surprised if they get any of those deals done. Um, I think the focus is on Lawler. And as you noted, I mean, we're, you know, three, four days away here. So um, we should get our answer pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, hey, if you're feeling optimistic, that's that's a great that's great news. I'm already seeing all sorts of pessimism being spout out <laughs> on Twitter. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I think it it seems like it's it's something that is likely to happen. I mean, when you're drafted sixth overall, it is a pretty gutsy move. Yeah. To uh, to turn to turn that down, especially when the Diamondbacks could probably make him the best paid draft pick anyway. Yeah. Um. So we feel pretty good on that front. Um, this is this is exciting, Jeff. I mean, looking at all of the all of the guys the Diamondbacks have up and down this farm system, and um, we know that you know some of them have taken steps back and whatnot. They're they're in different places, but yeah. Jordan Lawler is. I mean, he is a he is a legit top prospect to have in your organization, and this is going to be exciting to see yeah. how this all unfolds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think 
kind of the the idea of where he would slot, you know, to sort of pick up on what you alluded to there, um, where he would slot kind of in the farm system is it's like, I think most people are looking at like, this is another, this is another Corbin Carroll type talent, um, but packaged a little differently, packaged maybe a little more traditionally, um, you know, from a, from a physical standpoint, um, you know, a little bit bigger kid. I mean, Corb, the knock on Corbin Carroll is that he's undersized. I, to tell you right now, I mean, I've seen him play. He plays a lot bigger than he is. Hmm. Um, but Corb, but you know, uh, Jordan Lawler is is much more sort of your prototypical size player. Um, you know, six two one ninety now uh, at nineteen. You know, he see end up you know six three two ten. Um, you know, that's a that's a pretty big, powerful, powerful baseball player. So I think you're looking at a guy who's going to you know put an immediate you know boost on the farm system. And has just as much upside as as really anybody in that farm system. Uh, most people, I think, right now probably still prefer Corbin Carroll to Jordan Waller, but it's sort of a a one and one a uh, scenario, and so mm. um, kind of can't lose. Just to correct myself, uh, Marcelo Mayer did get six point six million from Boston, but uh, Arizona can give the same figure to Waller. So got it. Yeah, cool. Uh, other big storyline, of course, the trade deadline is just a few days away. Um, the Diamondbacks haven't made any additional moves since we last spoke. Still just the Stephen Vogt and Tim LaCastro deals, which are both pretty low-key. Um, but there's still uh, an opportunity to make uh, a bit of a splash here in the next few days. Uh, MLB Trade Rumors recently released their top 60 trade candidates uh, on their website. The Diamondbacks had four, five, six, I think six names on that list and probably could have had even a, a couple more. Um, but Merrill Kelly um, was the highest ranked with Eduardo Escobar right behind him. Those seem like guys who are certainly in the high demand. Maybe yeah. maybe Escobar is a little bit more likely to go than Merrill Kelly, but there's a lot of teams that, that could use a Merrill Kelly right now. He's about as steady of a presence in your rotation as, yeah. as you could imagine. Um, so, Jeff, well, what do you think? we got we got four days to go. Um, I mean, the Diamondbacks theoretically could make six trades or they yeah. could make, you know, one or two. And, and we have to kind of wait and see. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting. Um, the trade deadline, you know, as we stand right now, I mean, there have been a few deals, but I don't think like the, the dam has burst yet. Like there might be a flurry of moves and it's going to be it's so frustrating. We get all wound up about this stuff so far in advance and then everything happens in the last, you know, four hours leading up to the trade deadline. So um, it's kind of shaping up that way again because there just hasn't been a lot that's transpired as of yet. I mean, I still think Escobar is the most likely guy to go. Um, yeah. Joaquin Soria is probably next on that list for me. Asdrubal Cabrera is probably going to go. Um you know, I think those three guys make the most sense to move because they're all rentals. They have, you know, they're not going to help this team next year in any way, shape, or form. Um, so you might as well get what you can from them. I think right now it's probably a matter of the Dimebacks front office doing their due diligence to get what they can um, for these guys. But, you know, Merrill Kelly's probably the biggest, most likely, you know, of, of the likely guys. I mean, they get a they get a, a ton back for Cattell Marte or Zach Gallon, but they're not going anywhere. So Merrill Kelly's probably the biggest upside, you know, asset. Caleb Smith, I mean, I think there's been a lot of interest in Caleb Smith, so that's another option. We'll see if he sticks around. Tyler Clipper just came back, but, man, if anyone feels like he's healthy, I mean, he can come in and help. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Peralta and Cole Calhoun are like some, you know, some lefty swinging corner outfield guys that are probably, you know, depending on their health or their age, maybe, you know, best in sort of a platoon type situation, but... 
You know, um, the team would have an option to bring those guys, you know, or Peralta is going to come back if he isn't traded and they have an option on Calhoun. So, right. um, you know, for a team that is maybe looking to acquire someone who isn't just a rental, isn't just a one year deal, those guys might, uh, you know, might be enticing. But for me, I mean, I'm thinking Escobar, Soria and Cabrera are the three guys that absolutely go. And then anything after that. You know, maybe I say Caleb Smith is maybe the next most likely. Huh. But that'd probably be, that's probably where I stand on that. Something that stuck out to me was that number four on the list for MLB trade rumors is our man Starling Marte. Through <laughs> 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 the Diamondbacks, of course, dealt at last year's trade deadline. And it seems like they're, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find an outfielder on the market who's going to fetch as much as Starling yeah. Marte in a trade right now. Uh, obviously, hindsight is, is 20 20, but. I'd feel pretty good if the Diamondbacks had held on to Starling Marte for another year. You you probably have a pretty good shot to do just as well in a trade, if not even maybe a little better than how they did last year if they were trading him right now. Absolutely. Yeah, he's had a good year. And I mean, the Marlins, man, for all that they you know thought they were going to do, it just has not worked. And so um does seem like the asking price is pretty high on him, mm. um, which, you know, thinking about being in the driver's seat on that trade right now would feel a lot different, but yeah, I don't know. Even just the amount of time that he was around, I like Starling Martel being to see where it winds up. Yeah, just a lot of lot of possibilities. It feels like we've been talking trade deadline for like three weeks now, and <laughs> there's, yeah. there's not a whole lot else to say, but um, but certainly some things can go down, and um, you'll want to uh, keep it locked to our Twitter profiles when things happen, and we'll we'll have some some instant analysis and try to break it all down for you. Um, Jeff, any other reflections here from Ron Tonkin Field as we look on toward uh, looks like they're playing catch now? Yeah. Um, yeah, excited for some baseball tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is kind of what it's about. Um, you know, it's nice to be able to see baseball in person. It's nice to be able to hang out. It's nice to be able to podcast in this uh, small kind of echoey room here. Uh, <laughs> we apologize. We'll, we'll be back to our normal, <laughs> high quality audio next week. We promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, just just appreciative of the the hop staff and um, you know them for for having us out. Um, have made some really good connections here over the years. Um, it's a good organization. It's a well-run organization. Um, the Diamondbacks, frankly, are lucky to have this organization as a partner. Yeah. Um, they go about their business the right way. It's a it's a nice park. It's a good product. Um, I'm I'm already kind of game planning what I'm going to eat tonight. Someone's <laughs> cooking bacon down in the concession stand, so I, I picked up on that. But um, yeah, happy to be here. Glad we could do a show here, and um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, that's all we have here for episode 35 of the Rattle Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter. You can find our joint page at, at the Rattle AZ. Uh, you can find Jeff at, at OutfieldGrass24 or myself at, at Jesse and Friedman on Twitter. Uh, we didn't have a chance to, to ask for questions in this episode, but we're always down to interact with you there. So feel free to hit us up with anything that comes to mind. Uh, But with that, that's all we have here today. And we'll be back next week to talk more about the 2021 Arizona Diamondbacks. 